Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yo, it's your boy, TBC, on the Jokes and Jocks podcast with my co host, G. Hey Wiley, your favorite blazer. Oh, yeah. And coming to you live today, we have a special guest. I can't pronounce his last name that good, but I'm going to give it a try. It's the homie, the notorious, the gut-busting, the hilarious Connor Cacliolodo. <laughs> Yeah, how do we actually man, say your I real name, you, man? But you nailed it. That hey, was awesome. appreciate you, brother. Take care. Um, yeah, man. Hey, you nailed it. You nailed it. Uh, you know, some other people would say it's Cachatolo, but uh, you know what I mean? It's uh, it's a lot easier than it looks. It looks like a nightmare, and every teacher that I've ha- ever had, I feel for them. I feel for them. Dude, I actually feel you on that one because I actually, my name is G. H. Cho Wiley, but ain't nobody be able to pronounce no, no, that no. whatsoever. People just look at it and they go, help me out. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> Connor? Connor? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I didn't. So, like, I came here to L.A. and someone told me, hey, that's not how you actually say it. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, in Italy, you say it, cacciotolo. And I'm like, wow. Like, Dropping knowledge, yo. It's way more Italian than I could ever <laughs> say in my last name. And it's probably way more Italian than I ever will say it. So, but it was, like, good to know. But, yeah. So, anyway, that's three minutes on my last name. I'm glad this is rolling. I, I know, right? Yeah. No, dude, we're only we're only at, like, a minute, bro. But, like, yeah. Like, no, we're rocking. Glad Thanks that so we're – Yeah, no, thank you for being on the show, dude. Um, I kind of want to just get all up in it right now. Um, yeah. Not even with – We're not, not even with the uh, – the sports aspect of this show, which sure. is jokes and jocks, uh, jokes first, jocks later. Man, you have a stacked resume, like a stacked resume. I like, I love it. Um, <laughs> Ford versus Ferrari. Come on, come on. The morning show. I mean, that's that's a pretty heavy freaking resume for only being in LA for how long? Uh, almost five years. Almost yeah, that's years. that's and amazing. That's where the pandemic squeezed in. You know what I mean? Like nothing really happened for about a year and a half in there. But no, I, I've been very blessed like coming here thus far. I got to work on some fun shows. I worked at E Entertainment for like nine months before that. And then like got into the film and TV side of things out here. And then, yeah, kind of got started really hot with Ford vs. Ferrari. And then I hopped into Morning Show. And Morning Show is like one of those shows where it's like Apple TV's first thing they ever did. So obviously it was a nightmare. Apple don't, don't come <laughs> for me or anything. But it was a nightmare of a nine-month job. But like, hey lived through it made some great connections met some great people and like here i am today uh still in that side of the industry still doing what i'm trying to do and uh thankful to still be here it's amazing yeah what are you doing currently uh it's kind of a wild gig uh it's not on 100 percent of the time but when it is on i am uh, i'm a cast assistant for a lot of the marvel reshoots in uh, in town here in la and uh that is just one of the, it's one of the coolest jobs, uh, yeah. getting to basically be dedicated to cast if they need anything on these movies. And, you know, Marvel, they get some, some decent. They're actors. all right. They're all right. Okay. You've heard of them. You've seen them a couple of times, some of the actors on these movies. So, uh, it's been a lot of fun. And, and just a bonus of it all is the crew of these, of these movies. Amazing. Like, amazing people. I've met so many friends, long, long time friends now. Uh, will be 
on these jobs and, and I'm, I can't wait to go back when I, when I do. You know, yeah. I, I got to know what favorite, favorite part of that per, particular job, because working for Marvel, like there's unlimited budget working for Marvel. So like yeah. there, there's no penny pinching when you work for Marvel. No. So what, um, what's the fate your favorite moment possibly for working for Marvel? Well, one of the first things that I did with the gig was, um, I was kind of the liaison between the cast and the cast chef. So I was kind of like the runner in between there. Now, favorite part of the gig, you know, sure, your assistant cast, your assistant chef, whatever. When the chef gets a little bit overwhelmed, somebody needs to man the smoothie station of the whole deal. All right. And so they looked to me and they said, hey, you, Connor, can you please take over? We need six date smoothies. And after that moment, the rest was history. And so I be, kind of became the de facto smoothie runner for the set. And, and these aren't just regular smoothies. These are crack in a can, if you will. <laughs> like it, I've, yeah, I didn't like, even know really about dates. I didn't know about dates. You guys know about dates? Like the fruit? Like Yeah, the fruit that's <laughs> like a nut, but it's sweet. You know, that kind of weird thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. But about we are dates. from, but we are from California, so I I don't know if that. Like... See, and I'm from Chicago, and I was just like clueless. Um, didn't know about dates. Came into it, and they are making this date smoothie that is now part of my everyday regimen. It is crazy. But anyway, I, I'm on a huge tangent right now. But I <laughs> no, I love it. One of my favorite parts was kind of being this random de facto smoothie maker, on top of just being able to kind of chit chat with everybody around because you know the cast like they need things you know they're particular they need things specific but a lot of the times i have downtime and so i like to talk to everybody on set talk to producers talk to directors it's a nice networking while you're working gig and so it's yeah it's kind of like a, the best of both worlds for me because it, it's on and off allows me to do comedy on the side do my projects on the side in the office. and then it'll be on and i'm working for X, Y, and Z, A-list, Celebrity, and Marvel, and these movies that people are are itching to see, like people lining out the doors to see some of these Marvel movies. It's amazing. Very blessed. That's badass, man. So so what got you into the whole comedy uh, circuit or just just being a comic in general? I know you did the production, and you're very talented as, yeah, a, as, yeah. a, as a comedian, so I'm, I'm curious to know where, where that all started. For sure. I mean... And, and it's true. I mean, like, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. My dad, actually, when I was younger, I saw his old school VHS tapes from Second City when he did classes. And I remember watching. These were like the, you know, the final class shows for his his class. And uh, I remember seeing it at a very young age. And I was just infatuated with improv and, and how it all went down. And uh, kind of right when I got started in high school, maybe a little bit before I did some Second City, did improv in high school, that went to Marquette in college, and we had a great group, improv group in Marquette, and that just kind of transpired over to here to LA, I did some Groundlings, and I really, I got stand-up going a little bit towards the end of the Chicago run, and when I moved here, I met Dano, our good buddy down here in the South Bay, who runs these shout amazing, out to Dano. Dude, yep, shout, shout out, out to Dano. Dano. Unbelievable the stage time. I appreciate him so much. Just did uh, 10 minutes, 30 minutes ago. Unbelievable this guy. Uh, but yeah, like it, tra- it, it kind of went from improv to stand up uh, real quick, but it all started with my dad. And, and honestly, I feel like 
he never got a chance to do what I'm doing right now, be out here in LA and give it a shot. And so he's in my corner and he's kind of the big, one of the big reasons I'm even out here. So it's kind of a full circle moment for both of us, you know? Love it. So your dad, your dad is a Cacciatolo as well. What's his, is his? He's Al Cacciatolo. Hey, <laughs> hey, what are you? What are you doing over there? Get a jacket on. You're gonna catch a draft. All right, you know, Al Cacciatolo, Al, Albert for short. Just kidding. How you doing? Like that's yeah, that's Al. You know, it's uh, he's he's one of those voices where you could be. You, you know, can make a sitcom out of that voice, dude. All the way on the other side of the boardwalk over there, and you hear that voice, and you're just like, "That's Al." That's Al. You know what I mean? Like I've ha- I've gone to like public events. I've gone to sporting events. I've gone to wherever with this guy out in public and we will stop and see three, four, five people that he knows. And they're like, Oh, wow. Like da, 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 da. It's just, it's somebody I grew up with seeing constantly being the life of the party and just kind of has been that role model for me in the past when I was in Chicago and when I'm here in LA, because I know that that's what he always wanted to do was kind of do this film and TV industry. He was an old voiceover actor actor improviser and so i'm just kind of trying to do do him proud here and uh bring it home and maybe like a national sense you know i love it man well you just yeah man you you just brought up um he's got he's getting his uh fan support out here right now (laughs) (laughs) um we are we are doing we are um we're live yeah i guess yeah we are at, at actually at hennessy's right now in hermosa if everybody wanted to ever you know, check out Connor uh, on Thursday. Yeah, Thursdays here 8 p.m. Hermosa Roof Deck Comedy, hosted by Daniel Carter. Unbelievable! You got to come out. Um, but yeah, like I, I just wanted to like go, go ahead, Tully. No, I was just giving a shout out to Hennessy's and also uh, Poncho's every Monday night. That's right. That's where uh, a lot of us, you know, kind of all met. Um, Dano Carter uh, and the gang. So every comedian I've kind of met through Dano. Uh, but now he has pretty much two hubs with ponchos on Mondays and Hennessy's on Thursdays. So if you're ever in the South Bay, come check them out. You have to check them out. Mondays and Thursdays. I mean, and, and, and he's, he performs all over as well. I mean, it's really funny. The first time I met Dano, I booked him at a Catholic comedy show here in L.A. <laughs> Like okay, you got to talk about that, man, like, because like a Catholic comedy show. Yo, what what are Catholic this, comedy shows this like? This was the craziest situation. So I just moved to LA, and I don't, you know, I don't know anybody really here. But I'm in comedy, and so you know, Marquette alums are like, "Oh, you're in comedy, you should be able to book a show for us." Sure, I'm, and of course, I'm like, I'm not going to say no to anything. I just moved here right. to take opportunities when I can. So I'm like, sure, 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 but I don't, know, I don't know anything. Fucking nobody. And so they introduced me via email to two people, this Dano and this Anthony guy. And Anthony, you know, switched contacts, nothing really happened. But Dano, I reached out to him, and it was the start of a, a beautiful friendship <laughs> that we still have now. Because he's a hustler. He's a hustler. But it, really, what happened was I had one thing, and that's called money. Catholics <laughs> supplied me with like two grand. To fill ten comics, so that's five minutes each comic, two hundred bucks a piece. So when I came to Dano and was like, "Hey, you know, I'm new here. Like, I'd love to have you on this show. You got to be clean." He goes, "What's the rate?" I go, two hundred bucks for five minutes." He goes, "Can I tell my friends about this?" <laughs> 
and we proceeded to book the show in like two days because wow. I now realize $200 for five minutes is absurd. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> nobody gets that, not even big time names at these shows out here. So it was just, it's such a crazy, like, I, I, it's just a crazy journey me and Dano have had because it was like clean show, Catholic comedy. And he kind of opened me up to this stand-up world out here and introduced me to so many comics that he books regularly. Um, and the rest is history. He invited me to Poncho's. And, and I'm here at Hennessy's now at his second show that he has um, years later and have been doing Poncho's for now three years. It's it's really wild uh, how it all comes together. Yeah, that's that's fire, man. I mean, you know, now you know basically Dano is like booking everybody now. Uh, it seems like he's just got... He's, oh, he, yeah. he's like the Professor X of, of comedians right now. Seriously, he <laughs> shout can't, out to Marvel. He can't wait to... Oh, yeah. Hey, shout, <laughs> shout out, out Marvel, to Marvel. Shout out Marvel. Uh, <laughs> by, by the way, X-Men is the only Marvel comic that I love. Uh, everything else, I actually am not a huge fan. Really, it's so weird because, like, I love being there at work, like, for many reasons. But I don't... I haven't watched, like, any of the Marvel movies. So I'm very, like, detached from what's actually happening. Like... They're worried about people giving out spoilers. I don't even. You don't I even could, know. I could give a spoiler and people would be like, "What are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense." And yeah. I would go, "You're right. That's all I got. That's what I saw. I saw four days." You know, it's <laughs> just like I couldn't even give a spoiler out if I wanted to. So it's interesting to be like there and knowing that there's people that would give their left or right nut to just be in that room, and I'm just yeah. like, "Hey." Uh, this is cool. <laughs> like, this is a job. I love it. Yeah, it's another day, another dollar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, like, want to switch gears a little bit because we are jokes and we are jocks um, as well. You do hail from Chicago, which probably, I, I'm assuming that going to Marquette broke your parents' heart because it's in Wisconsin, but I'm not going to divulge from that. Yes and no. There's, 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 my mother, I'm an only child. So, okay. anywhere outside of a, a radius that's in town. <laughs> was going to break her heart. Gotcha. Uh, my dad, he's indifferent. He's just down to watch the sports. Like he's oh, down to, he still goes to my high school, like sport events like that. I'm not there. Like he just goes. That's impressive. Team. Like, yeah, man. Like he, he just loves a good team and a root for somebody good. So like when we went to Marquette, he was about it. Cause it was so gung ho over everything basketball. You know, we had no football team. So it was yeah. like, Oh, basketball, it's this. It's this is the team. Everything goes into this. And he would take trips up. So was he a huge Woj fan then? Oh, hated Woj. As we all did. Oh! oh did you like Woj? I'm a dookie. Oh, oh. That's the issue because like everybody at Duke's got this like, oh, Woj, Steve. Oh, my God. He oh. won us a title. He loved Woj. He couldn't adjust <laughs> no, to he couldn't. anything. He, he wasn't a good coach. I'll, I'll give you that. He was not a good coach. He should have stayed on the, the Coach K bench. Listen. All I'll say is, you know, poor, okay, horrible coach. I'm yes, sorry. To say that's it. okay. Then no, yeah, you just it's founded. That I mean, argument's founded. Like could recruit like a madman. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. We had recruits up the ass, but horrible coach could yeah. not make the adjustments. But I will say this: I was thankful for him. I was thankful for the one game that we got. We played Villanova at home, number <laughs> one on the road. They're here in our home. We beat them. We were down eight points. And, in the, and I know the clip's on YouTube somewhere. We were down eight points with like a minute to go. I saw people leaving. People were like, ah, we're going to go to the bar. I don't know. I was one of those people. I was like, I think I'm going to go. And someone pulled me back. Like, I don't know, man. You should just stay. We're just here. We're whatever. 
and they came back down eight to win that game. We stormed the court. So yeah, you know well, how much time was left in the game? Oh, I mean, I'm was telling it like- you, it was just over a minute, and we were down eight, and we hit a three. And we hit another three. We got the turnover. We got the layup. It's tied now. And then we hit the shot at the end. It was just like everything that needed to go right in a minute span went right. And it was the greatest Tuesday night you ever seen at Marquette <laughs> University. It was unbelievable. You got the players, their dad, their 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 family in the bar with you. Like it's just one of those one one once in a lifetime moments because you know Marquette. When I got there, it was the year after we had the Elite Eight year with Jay Crowder and we made that run. So I right. get there and Buzz Williams is on his way out. Well, he was there and then he was, then on, he was his on his way, way out. out. Yeah. And the rumor was, and, I, and people have told me I'm wrong, but I like to still tell this story. <laughs> I like to believe this is what happened, but I like to believe that Buzz got caught cheating in town. And his wife was like, either I leave or you leave, leave Milwaukee. And he was gone the next day to Virginia Tech because <laughs> it was so drop of the hat. It was like out of nowhere. I mean, I can see that happening. I, I can see that I don't happening. Know if you guys like just speculation on your podcast, but here I am telling you stories that could get you in trouble. No, no, I, no, I don't think no. it's speculation. I mean, hey, it's speculation. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. It's, 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 it's legend. But it, it may be some truth to that, though. We, you yeah. know, yeah, that, that's uh, that's an interesting take on I'd it. Like but to believe it, you know, because it was it was very abrupt. Like I understand that Marquette maybe his time had run its course, and Virginia Tech was the new opportunity. But it was very fishy. It was very like Monday, Tuesday. Wait, what? Now we don't have a coach. What's right. happening? Who we got? What? And um, it was a tough transition to to you know. I know Wojo came in great with the recruits and whatnot, but it didn't pan out. We got a couple tournament berths, and so I'm happy with the college experience of, of Marquette uh, for sure. Okay. Nova. And obviously, your parents were still very happy. You know, you're you still go back. Yeah. Home I mean, and my mom was happy that it was like. At least a drive away, like a right. quick drive. Like hour and a half is not bad. She right. was able to make that. You know, had I gone to like here, right. LA for college, that would have been tough right away. It was still even tough for her four years later when I did end up doing it. Um, but no, they were happy. They were happy about it. I mean, I'm not, I, I was a very fortunate enough to get this thing called the Chick Evans Scholarship. And so they were over the moon about that. That's such a, I wish that was more prevalent on the West Coast because. Wait, explain, no, explain that. Nobody knows what this thing is. It's no. a freaking loophole, amazing scholarship that's run through the Midwest, and now they're starting to branch out east and west coast. So it's called the Chick Evans Caddy Scholarship. And so what you need to do is basically you caddy for two-plus years. You do well in school, good GPA. You do extracurriculars. You have a great caddy record. You have financial need, and then you write a badass essay. And if all of that goes right, you get invited to an interview. And then you either have this. You have two interviews. There's either one where you're in front of 20 guys in green jackets like it's like it's the Masters. Okay. Like it's, it, you know, right. very intimidating but smaller group. Or you have a press conference style, 200 people in a room, and you're up on a podium, and they just ask you questions. Those are the two types of interviews you have for the scholarship. Okay. Thankfully, I was in the former of the two i was in the room with the 20 directors and so yeah more intimidating but much easier than dealing with like a press conference at 18 years old you're just like wait i'm not a superstar athlete yet this is no what and you're hearing all this stuff i was one of the later months to get it too so i 
been hearing all this stuff about these press conferences. Oh, all these people that got it to Marquette. Oh my God. And that's the thing is you get to the interview. You don't, you still don't get to pick where you go. You list the top three that have this chick Evans as part of it. They have a house that's on campus and they pick for you. And so it's still very out of your hands and you kind of have to be really good with going with the flow. Uh, I was very fortunate enough to get to my number one where I wanted to go, which was Marquette. Um, and honestly, that coupled with just being kind of near home, Chicago, and going somewhere that they enjoyed objectively, I, enjoy, I enjoyed objectively, like everybody won yeah. with, with that situation. Yeah, all parties involved were, were very, everybody very happy. happy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's let's switch. Um, let's keep it going on the sports train because um, Marquette is obviously a huge name, and then Chicago, the city itself, is yeah. a huge name. Yes. Uh, just recently, we are recording this on a Thursday. It does bust out on a Friday. Um, Khalil Mack, your boy, your boy's gone. Yeah. He's going. He's coming yeah. to Cali. He's going back to Cali. Or he's going to Cali <laughs> to uh, yeah. to the Chadges. Um, what uh, What are your thoughts on this? Are you just like? fuck the bears like i'm just well, done or like okay. well first of all yes I, i've been fucked the bears but it's a love-hate relationship i think all they're like where it's like a girl flirting where they're like fuck <laughs> you but they clearly want to fuck you like you yes. know what i mean yes it's one of those things so uh, it's like fuck you bears like it's probably a good idea because here's a guy that yeah he was like a top five edge rusher in the league was is the key word here because yeah he had six sacks i think through the first six games last year and then he got hurt and it just like his age is sticking out i think yeah on paper to a lot of bears fans especially some that may not pay attention like as closely as some um it might seem like san diego got a steal out of it you know second round pick six round picks only well it's la but yes yeah. Yeah, but yes, it'll always be San Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it'll always be San Diego. I feel oh, you. Oh, dude, like we got, like we got him for a steal. That's a steal. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, no, I will say this. I think it was smart of them to do something with him because the Bears. I love Justin Fields. I love that they've kind of cleaned house. I think that's great. But I don't think it's a next year championship situation especially now that aaron Rodgers said he's coming back i'm getting a little a little sick of the whole charade <laughs> this is how many times he's fucking done this where he's like oh olivia, well, he's a diva. Oh, olivia broke up with me uh-huh. last year i do this shit and then he's like wait a minute i kind of run this whole division why am i gonna give this up and it's like yeah makes sense so i'm okay i'm okay with them trading khalil because I don't think this is a next year, the next two years thing for the Bears. They're still in a rebuild. They've been in a rebuild since they have these idiots running the show. Um, I think if they really want to fully clean this this thing out and, and try this for real, I think they need to get rid of the owners, but that's kind of not up to anybody except for the owners, so that's a tough tough bind to be in. But I do. I think it was okay. I think it's okay for them to get rid of Khalil, Get something for it because yeah, with all the the, the fields trade, the Trubisky trades, fucked us. The yeah, drafts on end. So it's yeah. like, just give us something to look forward to in these drafts because it's getting a little old to have no moves come drafted. Yeah, know? no, it, de- it definitely doesn't help to have any draft picks or have like a very limited amount. Um, 
because yeah, you guys traded the house. I have a really, yeah. I just have a really quick question. Okay. So, um, you brought up Trubisky, which I yeah. think it, 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 it's going to be so mean <laughs> and so so harsh. Okay. But I, I think he's a joke. I think he's a bust, and I, that's not just because I'm a Duke fan. It's it's <laughs> not just because I'm a Duke fan, but I think he's a bust. I also am not the huge Danny Dimes fan either. I am a New York Giants it's fan, true. and they are talking about, you know. Trubisky possibly they're possibly trying to court Trubisky to the New York Giants what are your thoughts on that and um, that possible vying for that starting position and do you think he would get that starting position for the Giants do you think that the Giants would even be like the fact that they're even considering them like what what would you do as if you were an owner what would you do <laughs> I just I mean like listen I'm not a GM I'm not an owner so I don't know but if you were if this no, was no, your no, team no, no. no I, and, I, and I'm going to give a take don't get me wrong but I don't, you know, I don't know the cap space things. Like, what is possible as a GM and an owner? Yada yada. But I would just, I just feel like it's a, it's a lateral move. Like, what do you, what do you, if not backwards? I don't know. Like, yeah. I just, he has no results. He has nothing. But he also, like, sure, there's a take of he never got a real chance in Chicago because Nagy threw him under the bus and yada yada. They just the way they 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 processed him to being the starter was incorrect it wasn't it wasn't the right way to do it but it just feels like a lateral move i mean at least like the commanders the washington football team whatever you want to call them <laughs> wentz is an upgrade you know a slight right. slight but it's an upgrade not everybody would think that but yeah i i, I believe the same it's, thing that you're believing slight, yeah. but it is an upgrade i just think trubisky's it's an unproven lateral move that they're just trying to replace a possible has been first five top five pick with a, another has-been top-five pick. I don't know, though. Maybe the dude hasn't gotten a real shot. So it, it's one of those things where I don't think it's a great move, but I would love to be proven wrong. I really would. Tully, what do you think? Well, what, he was backing up uh, Josh Allen last year, right? He was. Yep. Wasn't he with yes, Buffalo? Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I yep. think, you know, what that could psychologically do and what could in-house uh, be happening is they may see that, you know, he's maybe stepped his game up. Maybe he's he's been putting stuff on film uh, on the practice field. He's been sitting behind Josh Allen, uh, who I think is a similar style. He likes to, you know, Trubisky is a creator. He'll run around and he'll think he's, you know, still in college. But then he he gets quickly reminded once he passes the line of scrimmage. But, um, you know, maybe there's something that they know that we don't know, you know. And, I you know, we see this a lot. I, I even think, you know, for the going back to the Khalil Mack thing real quick, I mean, Khalil Mack, you know, like a lot of players who maybe have a year off or coming off an injury, you know, they're hungry. And I think he's also coming up on a on free agency. I don't know right. how many years are left on his deal. I, uh, yeah, in, I want to say it was like the last year of his contract or it was very close or something like that. So so he's going to be playing lights out or he, I mean, he pretty much has no choice. Um, so to me, I think that's a steal. And, and just back to Trubisky, I think. Uh, it, it's a, it could be something where you know uh, off the record they 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 think that he has some some upside still in him. I think he's young enough to maybe get one more chance at, at becoming a starter and and rewriting his own uh, his own narrative. But you know, Danny Dimes, I think you know all he's really really needed was some some weapons around. I mean, Barkley's kind of been I don't want to say a bust, but he hasn't lived up to all the hype that we all thought he was going to be and. You know, he's all those guys are kind of on similar situations where I think you put a bunch of guys that their backs are kind of against the wall in their career and they got to produce. 
And, uh, you know, competition, stiff competition will, will definitely elevate their play. I mean, I think the Chargers, I, I think they, they, they nailed it. I mean, it, it helps out both sides. I mean, Chargers a little more because now you've got Khalil Mack playing opposite of, uh, is it Joey Bosa? I forget which one. It, yes, Joey. Joey, Joey yeah. Joey, I mean, Khalil Mack was, was the guy on the Bears, and so everybody is paying attention to Khalil Mack, a guy that should be getting double-digit sacks a year isn't because there's so much concentration on him. Now he's going to a team where it's split and it's like, hey, we got two Khalil Macks basically happening on our defense. Um, good luck. That's 12 <laughs> sacks for him. So I feel like it wins for both sides. Definitely more so for the Chargers because they're more in a win now situation. Right. We might not see the fruition of this, but I think, you know, for Chargers, fucking awesome move to make i wish i was a chargers fan today, you, know? <laughs> hey, you know what you could you could root for them you know i'm okay you know? with it i yeah. got a couple uh i got a couple justin herbert rookie auto cards you know I, any good things happening for that kid right good for my collection so <laughs> hey go charges wait so go, as arnold schwarzenegger so wait quick question then what, what <laughs> do you, so do you so you're so so are you a car collector then I am big. A big. huge like top fan, like, like that, or that was a huge thing that I started up in pandemic was I started well, it started up as a gambling problem where you would do these things called card breaks and you'd bet you'd basically buy in for spots that are discounted amounts than buying like a whole box of cards yourself. Like Okay, so like the, portions of or whatever. So basically weren't those like, scams though for, partially? There are scams out there, but there's a lot of legitimate like okay. companies out there that do them and they do it well and there's and there's so many, I mean, like I got very deep into this, like way too deep to where like I've got almost I've got about I, I do like a log on my Excel spreadsheet. I've got five thousand cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five thousand cards. Five thousand cards? Five thousand cards. Since the pandemic? Um, I came in with a little bit of cards before okay. that, but, but pretty much, I, I, like, uh, yeah, pretty much 5,000 cards and that's 5,000 different cards. Like each, like one, if there's more than one, there's more to it. So there's probably more than like 6,000. I'm in deep, but, but it's an investment situation. Right. So like right now I can't see it completely through. Um, I've got a lot of cards at Beckett Grading Company. Shout out Beckett Grading Company. <laughs> Take it for, forever on my order, but hey, I love you guys. <laughs> Hope you give me a lot of good nines and tens. But uh, but no, it, yeah, it was definitely something I, I took up in the pandemic um, because the card craze was crazy. I yeah. mean, it was like you'd never seen anything like this. No. People were flipping cards. I'd get a card in a break one day and then two days later, I'd get the card flip it for like 300 on top of it and it was just like nuts and, yeah and it's not like that anymore no. so like i'm kind of stuck sitting with the bag like every dogecoin holder but like <laughs> pretty much like right. it's like i have a lot of cards that are kind of waiting in the wings and i'm hoping they do well i will say this though you're like you said it's an investment so you have to you you are yeah. going to have to sit on it for a hot minute for sure. in order for that investment to be able to be flipped you can't have that like right now it's going to you know it's obviously the tide's going to change and it's going to turn, yeah. you know, in, in like a day or a month or whatever. Right. Um, I, my, my question for this, the reason why I got so interested in this is because like Kobe's, uh, I believe like Kobe's last game, it just sold for like two point something million dollars yeah. or something like that. Like the, 
the amount that people are putting into this to just purchase these cards is ridiculous. How much is the most that you would ever have, have you spent on the most that you've ever spent on a card? On one single card? Yes, on one single card. Well, so I am a comedian in LA, so I don't have like That's fine. I don't have like the fund to <laughs> because Would you like, spend two million dollars on a card? Well, not two million. If I, if if you're talking marginal, like if I had like two billion, sure, right? Because that, that doesn't rate, make a I, difference I, to you. Of course, that's chicken. Yeah, feed, you know. Yeah, but no, like I, you know, I, I am still not like you know very luxurious person here in LA. So <laughs> so for what I'm able to accomplish, and granted, I was in the pandemic and was getting all that extra unemployment. So that's when this really took over. It was ah. all this extra money, and it's like, well. I'm just sitting in the house and these things are live streamed. So just boom, 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 boom. And I created a spending habit I was not able to keep up with. Um, <laughs> hence why you're not doing it. Hence I'm assuming why at least this has declined it, a little. It slowed down quite a bit. I still have not gotten my shipment from Beckett back. It's been like eight months and it's going to be another three, four. But I've got 97 cards that are getting graded there. I'm looking to turn 3,500 into like seven grand. Like I'm trying to get, Damn. yeah, it's like, it's a whole process that I'm hoping pans out, but, um, it's a lot dependent on certain players, how they've panned out since I brought like last year. Right. Um, thank God baseball is coming back. Cause I'm a big baseball guy. So yeah. like the news of that season coming back helped my lot of, of collectibles and whatnot. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's, it's been it has been a wild journey trying to <laughs> navigate uh, through, navigate through and not spend every last dollar I have on this stuff because they're like, you would not believe like if, I, if you looked at what's being sold right now, the newest product tops 2022 Wander Franco is the guy. He's the rookie. Everybody's looking for Tampa Bay Rays. My other teams, there's really nobody crazy that you're looking for. Maybe a couple other teams, so it's very lopsided in trying to get into these things. It's very like razor bust in, in all of these things. So it's it's kind of a tough time to get into these breaks right now anyway because there's only one team you want, and if it's random, you have a 1 in 30 chance of getting that team. And so, What I, about Shohei Otani? Like what, what would that card be worth? I mean, Shohei, anything, anything rookie, anything yeah. first. There's two things. There's two cards you're looking for with athletes you're looking for their rookie card of course and then you're looking for their first bowman which is their first card ever made with their team on it so oh they're, wow they're the one company tops bowman whatever you want to call it right um that before they even get on the field with the official mlb team they have a card photoshopped with their team on it so they're that's why it's so expensive that's why that's the card everyone looks for is their first bowman which has their team on it, first uh -huh. card ever made, and then their rookie card. Um, but yeah, anything like that, anything Shohei, anything rare that's Shohei, he's like Mike Trout right now. Right. Trout, um, Fernando Tatis, um, God, I mean, like there's a, there's a, there's a handful of guys that are kind of like like Juan Soto, Bryce Harper, a handful of guys that anything that's somewhat rare of these mm -hmm. guys. It's probably going to be worth something, you know, whether you flip it now or flip it later. These are names that you really can't miss with. Um, potential's already either been there, still more to go, but it's a name you know. Like Shohei had one, two really good years. Before that, he really was injured. Yeah. He didn't really do anything. So, like, 
people are banking on him kind of the trajectory keep going. Going up, and yeah. If it doesn't, he gets injured again. He's back to the show, hey, we kind of half knew two, three years ago. And we didn't really know anything about it. And, right. Oh, they got this phenom, but we haven't seen him. Da, da, da. He's back to that. He's not this MVP. He had one good year. And so it's kind of like the stock market, and you have to watch some of these players and see – is it the time to jump out on this player? Is it the time to jump in on right. this player? You know, it is, it's, it's tough to keep up with and to do everything else. Comedy, working on these uh, like movie sets. You got a lot on your plate. Dude. I got a lot on my plate to keep up with. So it's like side hustles galore. Uh, I, yeah, a million things going on. But I wouldn't have it any other and way. So are you only collecting uh, sports cards? Are you like doing Pokemon cards? Are you doing comic books, NFTs? Are you sticking strictly to the to the sports cards? Um, I would say mainly the sports cards. I had my old roommate was big into the Pokemon um, cards, which is just as lucrative, if not more. To be honest, I just don't um, know it as well. Baseball cards, sports cards in general, was an old hobby I had in general. So like when I when this came out and like was. It was at the peak of the, in the pandemic and live stream and these card breaks. I was like a kid in a candy store. I was like, oh my God, this thing I used to love and do all the time is now coming back. And I have all this extra money thanks to unemployment. Uh, I got to get back in on this. And so it really was sports cards. Um, I want to say I have a Yu-Gi-Oh card set out there somewhere that I used to have when I was a kid. And I don't know what happened to it. It was it was it was legitimate too. It was legitimate. I just I couldn't even tell you. There's maybe a storage unit. It might be in, but it might have been one of those stories where like parents threw it out, or you know it was in something else that they threw out, and I never saw it again. But but no, it's been mainly sports cards um, with an emphasis on baseball. But the thing is with with basketball and football, it's almost more lucrative. With, with basketball and football, like certain rookies, you know, basketball, LaMelo this year, um, Tyrese Halliburton this year, the year before it was like Zion, John Moran, and those cards are flipping for, for big money, big money. Baseball, oh, yeah. baseball last year, it was more spread out, which is as someone who gets in on these gambling breaks and whatnot, um, it's nice because you have more teams that you could like ride with. You have a couple of good teams. Oh, I get, I know this team's not bad. They got a good rookie, whatnot. For basketball and football, it was like two, three good teams. And if you didn't get those teams, you're kind of screwed. Um, there's not a whole lot to get unless you get the certain legend or veteran that they got. And so it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of hopeful, uh, you know, you know, hoping you get the card, hoping you catch the break. But if you really look at the, um, like probabilities of some of these things, it's small. Like it, these, there's millions of these cards made across the country, boxes of these things sent to card companies, and you have to get the right team and the right box at the right time. It's kind of insane how it all works, um, but it's a thrill. Don't get me wrong. As someone who enjoyed the hobby before, enjoys it now, uh, and is a gambler <laughs> in general. Uh, love me some roulette. Love me some craps. Uh, it's kind of the best of both worlds. So, yeah, uh, it would be dangerous if I had a lot of money to spend on this right now because uh, it would happen. That's the, that is a problem. It would happen. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, you increase your odds too, though. So you know that's uh, that's part of it. Well, cool, man. That's um, that's definitely interesting stuff, man. I, I mean, I used to collect myself, and then same thing. I put some in the storage, and I got back to them, and they had you know rat rat teeth all in the corners and the edges. Man. So, <laughs> yeah. so you never yeah. totally you never so you put them in the uh, in the cases casing or anything like that. Like when you got them, no. You're just like no, I just want to look just at the stats. Had them and- in a book, you know, and. Uh, yeah, took them out like looks. Yeah, yeah, I had some good ones, some some rookie Joe Montana's, some Jerry I mean, Rice's. Hey, Wait, where are these? Where are these cards? And when can we cash them in? They're done. I told you, they got the edges bit out of them. You know, once they get oh, a little bit man, tarnished, you if you don't keep them 100 percent pristine, they yeah. they're done. Yeah, I mean, once those once it gets damaged. Yeah, yeah, no, it's the value's done. Yeah, yeah. Mean, unless it's like a vintage card from like the sixties or the fifties or something. Like if it's anything eighties and up, it's it's got to be in pristine condition to 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 matter. It Which sucks. is crazy. <laughs> but like, hey, your buddy Tommy Tommy Brady, that's a card that's timeless. You get that guy's card at any point, rookie year, all the way up to ten years after. That's a card you're gonna want. You know what I mean? Like there are certain players that are timeless, Mike Trout. Tom Brady, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, you get any sort of Michael Jordan card, even if that's a, a 3 out of 10 graded, still 2 grand. You know what's so sad like is that crazy. my brother, my little brother, he's a huge, he used to be really, really into uh, uh, collecting cards when we were kids. He had a Kobe Bryant rookie card, and it all went by the wayside because he would like look, because the same thing, same exact thing. He would take it out and he'd look at it and he'd memorize all the stats. Yeah. So he'd memorize every single stat of every single player. And so you obviously had to look at it before you like could, you know, you had to take it out of the casing and everything like that. So like it all went for nothing. But I can only imagine like, I, I think what Kobe's rookie card just went for like over uh, almost $3 million. Like, can you imagine just keeping that? And like now, unfortunately, with his passing, like it, it just. It, it could be I mean, worth so much, yeah. And you'd hate to be the guy that's like with the card and going, "Wow, well, this three thousand dollar card's now worth twenty five grand." R.I.P. Kobe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like, obviously, you're sad, but you're like, Holy yeah, shit. What, yeah. It's it's kind of messed up in a sense that such an event could do what it, it does. could increase you know I mean? the value. Like, yeah, it's, it's so messed up. It's like a double standard happening. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It really is. But yeah, that's dub- what happens. You know, certain like Hank Aaron, when he passed away, right? you know, here's a guy that's been, he's the best ever for years and years and years. And people kind of taking his collectibles for granted. As soon as he passes away, everybody was jumping on Hank Aaron. Yeah. And if you had it, you were selling it because it was the time to get it. I mean, it also like you also don't know. It, there's that saying, you can't take it with you. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, I get why people sell you know, these collectibles and these items and stuff like that. And I get why they purchase it at the same time as well. Maybe you want to pass it down to your kids or whatever. I don't know, whatever your yeah. reasoning for it would be. Um, how much do you think a Tully rookie card would be? Ooh, <laughs> and, I, and I would love to find one of these. What, yo, what year? Because I would love to find one of these. I'd like to see one of them, yes. Tully. Do you have one? Oh yeah, I got tons of them. Yo, <laughs> wait, can we get can we get some gifted to us? Yo, yeah. Can we get some gifted to us? Because you know, like that that should might like might increase in value after this podcast goes viral. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, I got some other things in life that either can be 
you know, really uh, major news or, or controversial. You'll never know. But yeah, the yeah. value the value can change based on my <laughs> on what I do in my life. <laughs> and it also makes me think, you know, why don't comedians maybe comedians should have cars. You know, because you well, never uh, know, like that, well, that that one guy, Connor Cacciatolo, you know, from, from, from Rags and <laughs> Riches, you never know, you could be that guy, and I can be, hold on to a, a valuable piece of your history uh, in some type of collectible, but, uh, you know, maybe that's something we should get it talk about. Well, so, I'm not going to lie, it, it kind of half exists already, so okay. Tops does this product, it's called Allen and Ginter. You know Jeff Dye? That's my boy. Jeff Dye does ponchos, Hennessy's, whatever, Manhattan Beach, good friends with Dano. So Jeff Dye has this thing where he goes to all of the baseball stadiums in America and he throws the first pitch out. Oh, that's done. I I don't know what the exact number is right now, but he's done at least like half of them. And so because he's done this, Topps has this product called Allen & Ginter where they do, you know, everybody baseball, whatever. But then they do a lot of non-sport people as well. Well, they do a handful of comedians. And Jeff Dye got his first card last year. and so After he's been been doing this for, like, ever? Yeah. Like, you can get a Jeff Dye card, signature card. Like, you can open up a box of this stuff and pull that on, like, as part of it. So it's, like... Certain comics have done it, but they obviously have like a have a sports connection. But could you imagine though, like a product of only comics, like Ponchos comes out. Oh, that'd be great. You know what I mean? Like 2022 Ponchos comedy lineup, Monday (laughs) night, Monday night mix or something. I don't know. There's a name for it. Uh, And you open it up and you're like, oh, I got that sweet. Dano Carter out of 25. 25. <laughs> <laughs> I got the closer, sick, Chris Traven. Yeah, dude, that parallel, bro. I got to flip this. On his wedding night, as soon as he gets married, it's going to be worth double, you know? <laughs> I got the Tiffany. Tiffany out of 10, bro. She's a lawyer. She means business, you know? I'm going to get that shit autoed and graded. You know, like, that would be kind of funny. And I would love to spearhead that. I don't know how we do that, but let's get that working. Yeah, we yeah, got. No, we, we we're, have, we're on to something here. Definitely yeah, we, something. yeah, yeah. No, we definitely, we, we definitely got. We, we, I think we have like a, especially the way that comics are going, and um, we definitely have like a huge multi-million dollar idea at least. So then that way you can you can spend money on your your trading cards once we go once we go big. I wouldn't lie. I mean, like to have my own baseball card or comic card, whatever the hell you want to call it. It'd be kind of a surreal moment, like, you know, whatever it is. It's just, it would be kind of a surreal moment because it's just, I've played baseball my whole life, not any time recent, but like most <laughs> of the time growing up. And it's just one of those special things, you know, yeah. uh, you know, as your number one sport and whatever. And just like, yeah, the fact that that's even a thing that people are thinking about top people at tops are like, right. yeah, let's include comics. Let's include astronauts. Like they include all these random people. Uh, in this product that they come out with every year and it's such a surreal moment and I'm sure for all these other people that get in on it uh, and have their first card surreal moment it, it's so cool to have something that people might pull or want or whatever no you know? no definitely well we're, we're running out of time Tully so uh, might might be a little time to wrap it up um, I feel like I've just gone uh, on talking about no, cards I, for like 45 I, minutes I love Sorry. it well, dude I love it actually because I think that like it's, it's really it's a market that nobody really talks about Unless you specifically are maybe on a podcast talking about yeah, cards. So I mean, I love it. It's tough 
to like talk about breaks and have everyone understand what the fuck I'm talking about. Like, yeah. it's tough. Like, honestly, it's something I think everyone that listens should just go out and do and check out for themselves. And you'll get the idea pretty quickly. Um, but, but yeah, it, it was, uh, I don't know. It's something about this whole industry. Yeah. It's at a lull compared to pandemic, but like baseball's back. Sports are back. Uh, Connor's now, back. Now I'm, Connor's <laughs> back. I'm here. And I'm talking about it, hoping to get more people in on it because it's a lot of fun. Just be careful out there. Be careful with your bank account. Save all. your money. Yeah. All right. All right, folks. Well, we'll go ahead. We go, we went ahead and got to the time where I'm going to go ahead and hit Connor with some rapid fires, and uh, we're going to wrap the show. So, Connor, if you're if you're ready, and first off, before I do it, do you want to give any shout outs? You want to drop your social media uh, where people yeah. can see you? Obviously, we drop ponchos and Hennessy's on Mondays yes. and Thursdays. But if you got any other stand up nights that you're you want to promote, uh, now's the time. Yeah, man. Um, no, obviously come see me, Ponchos. I'm in the South Bay um, every other week, I would say. But now I do some shows in Hollywood, but I run a backyard show that's about to get started up again probably in April. It's called The Laugh Yard LA. You could find us on Instagram at The Laugh Yard LA, on Facebook, on Twitter, or on everything. Um, it's a fantastic backyard show. Uh, the Higher Path dispensary up in sherman oaks sponsors us they give us free joints fantastic group of people um it's just a really nice event out in a beautiful backyard in fairfax district right by the grove string lights plants good comedy everything you could want so check us out the laugh yard la it's going to get it started back in next month or so and check me out on instagram uh at c-a-c-c triple underscore um I'm everywhere, man. I'm all over LA and uh, I'm always down to talk. Anybody wants to chit chat, uh, I'm about it. I'm a Midwest boy out here. So, you know, we have proper manners and all that good stuff. You, <laughs> you know, are very polite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know us, you know us. But no, man, check me out, man. My last name's hard to spell, but C A C C should get you there. Love it. Okay. All right, Connor. Well, here we go. Here's the moment of truth. I'm going to hit you with a few rapids. Don't, you know, just go ahead and answer the first thing that comes to the top of your head. All right, here we go. In three, right. two, one. Would you rather be a bird or a fish? Uh, bird. Bird. Okay. Would you rather be blind or deaf? Ooh. Oh, man. I'm a huge. I'm a huge concert fiend. Huge music guy. So, honestly, probably blind. I think I could do it. We're going blind. Okay. Yep. Yep. No arms, no legs. Is there a question? Like, oh, no, which no one? Arms, <laughs> would you rather, would you have, rather no have no arms or no or legs? No, legs? no, I know. <laughs> 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 it's like, no arms, no legs. Um, uh, fuck, man. Um, I go no arms. I think I like, fuck. Actually, fingers are really important. I feel uh, yeah, but now there's autocorrect, like there's like audio right, correction shit like that. So yeah, yeah, you yeah. technically could right, live yeah, your I'm life go without no arms, no arms, no arms. Final answer, Regis. <laughs> okay, next question. If you if you had to live on a deserted island and you only get to bring three things with you, what would it be? 
sucks. I would bring my music. I don't know what form that would be in, but I would need that. I would need it in some capacity. I don't know. By that point, it might be Neuralink in my brain already, so it might be part of me. Who knows? Um, I would bring my cat because she's amazing. Oh, Shout out, Ellie. That's sweet. Um, baby girl can't. She can't sound off in the comments right now. Um, shit, man. And I would... I, I would have to bring... Honestly, man. I would have to bring a joint because... <laughs> I feel like you I mean, have to bring joints. Like, yeah, you can't bring well, a joint. You well, have no. to bring joints. If, if this is just a make-believe, whatever you want... Like one day on a deserted island? Someone needs to make an everlasting joint. This hasn't happened yet. Wonka Ooh, I like hasn't that. made the everlasting joint yet. I like that. Right? And so I'm down with that. I think Willy Weedy Wonka, whatever the <laughs> fuck you want to call him, needs to come out with everlasting joints and that's what I would want on the island because that's all you would need is joint music and your cat to cuddle with maybe some food or drink but you know yeah but I bet you the island has food or drink you could postmate some yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay that's fair and last question last question <laughs> top five who's your top five dead or alive basketball players of all time Top five. Okay. Well, it's tough. Being from Chicago, how do you not say MJ? I mean, like, it, I don't want to be like that cop-out answer because that should be. Yeah, but this one. is like top five. So Because personally, you know, like, I came up during the Kirk Heinrich days. <laughs> <laughs> Who I met, by the way, and is really, really is nice. He, is yeah, he nice he's really nice. He's a nice dude. Nice yeah. So we'll break it down by position. Who's your point guard? Uh... Oh man, my I mean, so yeah, I mean it was Kirk coming up, but Ben Gordon, man. Ooh, I like Ben that one. Gordon. First of all, best biceps in the game. Like <laughs> this man shooting free throws. My mom was like couldn't she couldn't concentrate on it. She's like, "Oh man, good biceps." I'm like, "Mom, I'm 6." Uh, <laughs> this is weird. Um so yeah, I mean like him as a shooting guard and Kirk Heinrich feeding that I mean, it was a that was a that was a tandem, and honestly, like D, so, like D Rose got to be up there for me, because we shouldn't have even been in that conversation to get that draft pick. We should not have had D Rose on the team. That was a miraculous thing that happened. You have to say a healthy D Rose though, man, because he was hurt yeah. for majority of his career with yeah, you guys. Man. That was that was sad. Like yeah. D Rose, like everyone in Chicago was all for D Rose when he was on Detroit and and. and I mean, is he's still playing? I believe. Yeah, no, he's, he's still, still playing. Like we're all for D Rose, just because we we know there was nothing he could do. Like he did everything he could. He put it all out there every night for for Chicago. And so you got Gordon D Rose. Yeah, sorry, Jordan. I, I, I'm getting now, now, who's your big guy? Who's your big man? Two big men. Okay. Or you could just say LeBron, or you could say whoever. You could yeah, say you don't have to stick with Chicago. Five. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um. So. Growing up, I was an Arizona basketball fan, college basketball fan, and uh, it's a deep cut now. His name was Chase Budinger. He played like two years in the NBA. Now, this dude was a volleyball player, pro volleyball player, pro basketball player. Dude could jump out of the gym. And he was, he had one of those like Napoleon Dynamite throws. Like growing up, he was just one of those goofy guys that I was like, 
that's my guy. Like, can I put that as number five, just as like a, as my honorable mention, <laughs> big guy that could jump out of the gym? Chase Buttinger. People look Chase him up. Buttinger. I would love to know where Chase is at nowadays because uh, I'll buy you a beer. Come down to LA. <laughs> <laughs> okay, All right, your sorry. last last know, player. I'm that's like, okay. Last player. Last player. Um, and I will go with uh, uh, fuck Omer Ashik. That's it. Exactly. Look him up. Omar Ass Cheeks. Ass Cheeks. Yeah, that's his name. That might be the best name in basketball of all time, but I, I've never rookie, heard the player. Rookie card, auto. <laughs> I, that's a that's a card everybody wants. Um, <laughs> okay, these are the most. Ra- that's the most random top five list was, I've ever I'm heard of in my life. It, it's not great. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not great. Uh, but you know. Here we are. But yep, that's his top five, Tully. I've got all right, that's all good. <laughs> I've got all people right. in the Google search I got going. Some names to Google. I got some names to Google. Yeah, yeah, sure yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> There's no cliche with our boy Connor over here. Well, all right. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. That's our show. That's our time. Definitely tune in on the Believe Network. Uh, we will be back next week with another special guest, but we appreciate Connor Cacciatolo coming out and, and spending time with us uh, on his busy Thursday. But make sure you guys check him out on Instagram. Check him out at Poncho's and at the roof te- uh, the rooftop over at Hennessy's. And that's our show, folks. Ha ha holla at your boy and peace out. Should I hit him? Should I split him? Should I get him? You should just Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.